You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Salesloft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom Boston. Welcome to a podcast like no other. I know a lot of people say that. Well, everybody says that. But this is your 15 minutes of sales fun for the week. And hopefully you have as much fun listening to this as we have making it for you. Every week I'm joined by a sales legend and we talk sales myths. No nonsense, just sales. I hope you're sitting comfortably because this week we are talking SDRs versus AEs. Not that we're pitting them against each other, but both of them normally think that they work harder than the other one, in my experience. So the SDRs will tell you, oh, AEs, they do nothing. I do all the work around here. I book the meetings. I build the rapport and I create the interest. And then the AEs will tell you, SDRs, they do nothing. I do all the work around here, I close the deals, I properly qualify, and I bring in the actual sale. I mean, my take is, actually both roles are really difficult. And it's been my experience that if you get a strong AE-SDR connection, working really well together, that's when the magic happens. An AE that I used to work with, we were bringing in lots of revenue for the company, we had a really good thing going, and we were asked, how are you two doing this? My AE at the time, his response was a bowling analogy. He said simply, Tom lines them up and I knock them down. That stuck with me because you can't bowl without pins and you can't bowl without a ball. The two are needed together if you want to get the strike. But that's enough of my bowling analogy. My guest this week has been on both sides of the bowling lane. I'm sorry, I'm completely stuck in this analogy now. Holly Allen from Deal is a social seller, an SDR. She turns up every week on LinkedIn and just like me, loves a video. So before we settle once and for all, the SDR AE debate, I asked Holly, should all sellers be putting themselves out there on video? Absolutely. I think so. I mean, I'm a huge advocate for video as well, as you can probably tell. And I think, again, it's breaking the breaking down that barrier of like, I'm actually a real person. I'm a normal human being. I'm not, you know, just a salesperson trying to, you know, take all of your money. It helps people get to know the real you. Um, And so I think video definitely works. I love prospecting with video. And then I love posting content on LinkedIn with video as well. So it's, it's great that you say that because prospecting videos was how I got into LinkedIn videos, right? Because I was making videos every day for prospects I was trying to make them laugh bring in some humor and I thought hmm, why not bring that over to LinkedIn but is there a difference between your prospecting videos and the kind of content that you might put on LinkedIn yeah absolutely I think every video that I send to a prospect I try to really make it about them you know it's hyper personalized I've probably got their LinkedIn profile up for example I'm sharing my screen it's all about them um whereas so I think the content that you put out on LinkedIn that is you know it's meant to be your personal brand so it is going to be more about you but what I always try and do is think okay if I'm one of my prospects how can I make this 
somewhat relevant to them. Um, so I'm really lucky in that with Deal, we help companies hire anyone anywhere. So we help companies with global teams and remote workers. That's our whole forte. So when I'm doing a video and I am in you know the south of France working from a rooftop or whatever it might be, and I do a video, then that is going to resonate to uh, some of those companies that have a kind of similar setup with their workforce. Yeah, I mean, you're in a a great situation to be able to practice what you preach, right? Um, Similarly to me with sales loft, being in the kind of sales world and understanding how hard it is to sell and then being an advocate for a platform that helps you to sell better. But what would your advice be to someone who, and again, I've been in this situation in the past, right? You're, You're working somewhere and you're not able to immerse yourself in your product or service, you're you may be disconnected from it in a way. Maybe it's not your dream job, right? Maybe it's a sales job that you took for the money, which which is fine. But what would you say to those people who, you know, should be putting themselves out there, but they're not able to immerse themselves in the in the world like like you've done? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really great question. I think if you it's very, very hard to sell a product that you're not passionate about, like super difficult. So I would say number one, I'd I'd look at it and I'd think, okay, is that the problem? Would I be better suited to working at a different company that is solving challenges that I feel does resonate with me or that I am passionate about? Um, So I'd say that's the first thing to look at. The second thing, if it's maybe a case of I really want to put myself out there a bit more, you know, I want to start posting on LinkedIn, but I'm just a bit nervous. um, I think the key is to really just go for it. Um, I always think to myself, okay, what's the worst that can happen? If I post a video, I will never watch it back because that will make me cringe and question everything I've said and, you know, everything that goes on in the video. Um, But you really do just have to go for it. You know, I, I think pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is is nine times out of 10, always a good thing. Yeah. I mean, we talk, we talk a lot about this, right? Pushing yourself out of the comfort zone. And I think, again, even if you are working somewhere where you're not necessarily able to live and breathe the product and service, but actually, if you can find a passion and find an area that you can be passionate about, then that's a great way to do it in regards to bringing it into your personal brand. Um, you talked about video there and not watching them back. I think I might have watched your Mean Girls video, you know, two or three times because it really did make me smile. Um, but what would you say to then to someone who really hates filming video? You know, they know it's a good idea. They see these sellers making video content. Where where could they start? What could they do to, to really get, out of their comfort zone have you got a top tip yeah I mean look videos aren't for everyone if the thought of putting a camera in front of you and posting it on LinkedIn really makes you you know not able to sleep at night then don't do it because the chances are it probably won't work anyway you know if you're not enjoying what you're putting out there then people won't enjoy it back um but I would say something that I did when I started was I used to practice in the mirror um I used to send my sister who also works in the SaaS world videos first just to be like okay I don't want to watch it back but can you watch it back and she'd be like yes this is great post it and really kind of give me that ego boost that I needed so I would say um you know encourage other people to get involved comment like give you that support and maybe have a couple of practice runs as well. 
I love that as well because, you know, your sister's going to be honest with you. I, I mean, I use my wife. I will show her a video and I'll say, is that funny? And believe me, if it's not, she will she will tell me, okay, and it's back, <laughs> back to the drawing board. But yeah, I'm a huge believer in that. Find someone that you trust, their opinion that you respect and the, that you think, okay, they're going to give it to me straight and just show them the content and just get their feedback. So yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Now you've, if we're looking at SAS job bingo, you've ticked off a lot of the boxes, right? We've got SDR, AE, SDR manager. Do you want to talk me through that journey and what that's looked like? Yeah, absolutely. So I did a lot of job hopping last year. Um, and I'm not, I'm it's not something that I'm kind of, you know, afraid or embarrassed to talk about. Um, because I think ultimately it took me a couple of different roles and a couple of different companies to realize where I really wanted to be. Um, and I think that I speak to a lot of people that are in a role, and when you ask how it's going, they're like, mm, yeah, it's okay, but you know, I've only been here for eight months. So I really need to stick it out for a year or, you know, a year and a half, because otherwise that's going to look terrible on LinkedIn. Um, I, I'm not able to do that. Like if I'm not enjoying something, if something doesn't feel quite right, my kind of motto and thinking is always like life is too short. I want to find something that I really do enjoy. Um, so started out as an SDR, moved into an AE role and um, decided that I wasn't ready to fully leave the SDR world. So went into SDR management, then realized management is definitely not for me. Um, I think I'm much better suited to an IC role. I like to just kind of work independently, um, get things done myself. Um, but, you know, still a really, really good experience nonetheless. So moved back into an SDR role at Deal, which I am loving. I can safely say I've found home for hopefully the next couple of years. Um, and yeah, really now at the moment looking to progress into an AE role um, in the next couple of months, fingers crossed. Ah, well, good luck with everything. I really uh, wish you the best. And I'm sure that that, that will definitely come uh, come true. Now, we talked there a little bit about the SDR manager role. And I was speaking to the new SDR manager at Salesloft uh, yesterday. Really different skill set, right? Do you think that SDRs make good SDR managers or do you do you think that that's not a traditional route because I know a lot of SDRs and I've done this before in the past think oh I could I could be an SDR manager this looks easy yeah absolutely I mean I think having SDR experience particularly within that company will definitely help because I know that I go to my manager for guidance on what do you think of this messaging what do you think of this prospecting tactic so if you really have lived and breathed it that will definitely help um I think that for me personally I just probably didn't have enough experience to go into like a full management role and going from SDR straight to SDR manager, you know, you haven't really experienced closing, you haven't experienced the bigger picture. And yes, your SDRs won't actually be doing that. But I think having that insight into what happens after really does help you um, to be a, a good SDR and a good SDR manager. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, SDRs are good with people, right? And an SDR manager needs to be good with people, but you also need to be able to uh, help get deals over the line, right? And and hit target and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely a, a different kind of role. Now we're, we're talking about two specific roles today. And the title of this podcast is that SDRs work harder than AEs. It might be a bit of a hot a hot take. I don't know if it's a bit controversial, but I know uh, a lot of SDRs think, oh, well, the AEs don't do anything. 
I do all the work. What do you what do you say to that? Oh, this is such a difficult question because I remember when I very first started out as an SDR, I remember looking at the AEs and thinking, oh, I cannot wait to do that job. I cannot wait for the fun part, the relationship building, you know, the getting to chat on calls with prospects and and the idea of, you know, once they're on that initial call, it's the SDR that's got them on there. So you kind of don't have to do any hard work. That was my perception of it. Um, having done the AE role for a couple of months and now you know I was on a um a proposal call with one of my AEs, AEs this morning and I was like my god the amount of work that has gone into this deck the amount of quick thinking on your feet you have to do on those calls you know and obviously as, as an SDR it is very easy when you don't know an answer to a question to just ask your AE they're that kind of safety net there for you um so I think it's so difficult I think I think they are completely different roles. And I think that's why often a lot of SDRs do find it a massive shock to the system. I know I definitely did. When they go from SDR to AE, they think it will be easy, but actually they are so different. I mean, it's sourcing deals versus versus closing deals, right? And again, mm-hmm. that that's a different skill set. But I mean, if you if you had to pick which is easier, or well, let's maybe change the question, which do you think that people enjoy the most? So I, do we do we see S, SDRs that are happier than AEs, for example? I mean, I would say when you've been chasing a prospect for weeks and weeks, maybe months, and then they finally agree to a demo, you know you've done a great pre-qualification call. That is a super satisfying feeling. Um, and it is also very nice thinking, okay, I couldn't answer that question on the pre-qual call, but you know, <laughs> that that's over to my AE now. <laughs> so I think that part is quite nice. But then equally, I remember when I closed my first deal and that feeling was just amazing. Um, you know, it's, you're, you're seeing it right through to the end. It's often you're, you're getting a much larger commission and and pay packet for that as well. So I think it really depends what motivates you, but I would say both are super rewarding. (laughs) Well, we, we talk about rewarding there. And, and again, when you see a deal close that maybe you've sourced as an SDR, you know, months before there is that kind of warm, warm fuzzy feeling um especially if you've managed to keep a relationship with them throughout so uh yeah i mean it's a tough one you know fact or fiction sdrs work harder than aes if we if we had to try and call that a sales fact or a sales fiction what what are you thinking i would say fiction i don't think we can say it's an absolute fact um because like my AEs are incredible. They work super, super hard. Um, but the SDRs do as well. So I think I think we're all working as hard as each other, just at very different stages of the sales cycle, obviously. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you that. I mean, let let's let's say how it is, right? Both roles are tough and often too tough for for some. And we do see that um as people drop out of roles but but actually if you can find something that you're passionate about and you talk there and could hear it in your voice as you talked about it the sdr role and your passion for it then i think then you're going to be happy and ultimately as i say happy sellers are good sellers so yeah i'm i'm really happy that you've managed to find somewhere that you're 
um, that you're thriving at. And uh, and thanks so much for, for sharing your story today. But we don't end with, um, with a happy note. We end with a, let's say, I don't know what the word would be. It's a it's often haunting note, which is me singing. And you've brought in a, a pump-up track that might get you um, excited for doing some SDR work. Do you want to share why you've chosen the track first and then and then tell me what you've brought in? Yeah, so I've chosen this song because whenever I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, the last thing I want to do now is go and make some cold calls. If I put this on, it just like my hips are moving. I've got a beat. I'm two-stepping in my kitchen. And it just makes me feel really, really good. Um, so the song I've chosen is Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. <laughs> Working nine to five, what a way to make a living, barely getting by. It's all taking and no giving, they just use your mind and you never get the credit. It's enough to drive you crazy if you let it. Dolly Parton there on No Nonsense Sales. Hope you enjoyed my acapella version. I'm sure if Dolly had the opportunity to listen to that, you know, she would say, Tom, You've done me proud. If you'd like to hear that song sung well, head to Spotify. We've just added it to the No Nonsense Sales playlist. And I tell you what, if this podcast has brightened your day, why not subscribe on your podcast player of choice? Thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you next week.